how through fellowship with one another in God, we see that we are sinners in need of saving and therefore confess our sins unto the Lord, allowing him to deal with our sins and forgiving us and keeping us purified and righteous as we continue to fellowship um, with him, or I'm sorry, continue in fellowship or sharing life with Jesus and other believers. How many people remember that? Right? We also learn from there the true and false that we learn that one, we cannot live the life God the Father exampled us to live through Jesus without fellowship, communion, sharing life, thoughts, feelings with other believers and with God. We cannot do that. We, can, we have to live a life of fellowship with God and people. And number two, we learn that we cannot claim to have fellowship with God who is light, yet walk in the darkness or live in sin. And lastly, we learn, number three, we learn when we walk in the light or follow God's example of living that God can keep us from sinning by staying in fellowship with God and fellow believers. How many people remember that? So we got real, real two weeks ago, and we, we came to know what was true and what was false in regards to the things that's going on, even in our society today, by the gospel or by the letter of John, who was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ. And now in chapter 2, verses uh, 3 through 14, we, John takes us on a journey of self-examination and discernment based on what he spoke about in chapter 1. Chapter 2 follows up with how we know we are growing or not as true or false believers. Let me say that again. Chapter 2 follows up with how we know we are growing or not as true or false believers. See, today we're going to talk about that real recognized real. And in that sense, tonight you're going you're gonna to have to ask yourself, are you a real Christian or are you a false flagger? Are you a real believer or realistically, based on the way you live your life, you're actually an unbeliever? And see, these are things that we must deal with, especially today in our society as youth and the kind of schools that we go to and the kind of things we hear and in, through Hollywood and through the news, through Facebook. What kind of believer are we? Real recognizes real. And that, by the way you live your life, by the way you talk, by the way you conversate and things like that. So 1 John, we're going to jump into this. 1 John 2 3 through 6. I'm going to read it for you guys real fast. It's on the karaoke screen. You guys can read along with me. This is the NIV version of the Bible. And it says this. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. Let me read that again because that thing is, is real sharp right there. God's word is a double-edged sword according to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. It cuts right through you, but it cuts on two sides. It'll show you what God's about, and it will show you what you're actually about right now. And so the word of God pierces, and this is what it says again. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he says is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in that person. Sorry, in them. But this is, how, this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Right? That last part. What does it say? Whoever claims to live or to live in him must live as Jesus lived. Do 
they have to live as Terion lived? No. Do they have to live the way uh, Oscar lives or the way uh, Jay lives or, or the way I live? No, it's the way that Jesus lived. It's not the way little Wayne lives. It's not the way your science teacher lives. It's not the way your principal lives. It's not the way your girlfriend lives or your boyfriend lives or whoever you're calling your baby these days. It's the way Jesus lived. And so, therefore, he's leading us to how to, to the person and how we must examine our lives by. It ain't by examining yourself by the way I look because I have no hair and you have hair. So now I'm better than Pastor Steve and stuff because I got more hair than him. I don't care how much hair you have. I like my bald head. And my wife likes it too. Where's she at? Woo, there she goes. So that's all that matters to me, right? And, so, and then when I go back to heaven, I believe God's going to give my hair back. So take that, sucker. Anyways. But the reality is, though, right, we are not to examine ourselves based on other individuals. So when you stand next to your boy, when you get to your high school, whatever that high school is, or your, your grammar school, and you're like, well, I'm better than Pedro. I'm better than this dude over here. You know what I mean? Pa right, Pablo? Pablo, I'm better than Pablo, right? I'm better than Kanye over there. I'm better than Shaquan over there, or whatever names they have these days, right? I'm better than Christina. I'm better than Tiffany. Right? I'm better than Rihanna or Beyonce. The thing is, you're looking at the wrong person and comparing yourself to the wrong person. Because that person is only going to reflect that which they believe in or that which they live their life by. And that is the world. And the world, according to the Bible, is in control by the enemy himself. So it really comes in the comparison of devil. That's like saying, well, I'm better than Satan. Well, man, dude, that's, that don't take much effort right there. You know what I mean? But what he's talking about is that we must live our life based on how Jesus Christ lived his life. Now we have to remember that this letter was written be, so it can go against the false teachers of that time and the false teachers even of our time. Because the false teachers in that time, they believed that they can still be in God, claim to know God, but yet be nothing like him. I know God. I believe in God. I'm in God, but yet I'm nothing like God. I'm a sinner, I do whatever I want to do, and I can care less about the life of Jesus Christ. How many of you guys know that's false? But yet some of us in this room have adopted that kind of ideology and that kind of belief that even though we may not confess it with our mouth, we will confess it by the way we live our lives. God have mercy. Because based upon how we live our life, we'll really determine what kind of person you really are. The Bible says you can bear a tree by its fruit. You can, call your, you can call yourself a duck all you want. You can quack like one. You can look like one. But you're not a duck. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys still believe you're a duck. You're looking at me like, dude, I know what you're talking about, but I'm a duck. I don't care what you're saying. I'm a ninja turtle. Like, what? Like, dude, come on. But that's the reality of it, though. So the thing is, we must understand what's going on and what John is talking about. And see, a lot of us, for those of us who read the Bible, right, we come to John, and the reason why it's hard for us to understand John is because it's hard for us to understand how direct he was. Because John is real simple. It's a real simple. When you read it, he's pretty straightforward. Like, dude, if you don't obey the commands, you're a liar, and the truth not in you. Like, man, like, for real? Like, why you got to tell me like that? Why couldn't you just kind of, like, ease it on in? They're like, dude, like, well, you know, you're not obeying God, and you know, I, don't, I don't know if the truth's in you now. No, he's straight direct. You don't obey God, the truth's not in you. A lot of us, including myself, I used to read this back in the days, like, he has got to be, you know, like, talking about something else. Like, it cannot just mean this. 
And the reason why is because, like, I was loving on sin, right? So it was like, he can't be talking about this. Because if he is, then he's, he's telling me that I'm a liar and the truth's not in me. But see, the reality, of, the reality is, is that he is talking about you and he is talking about that. And yes, exactly how he said it is exactly how he meant it. If you're sitting here claiming to know God and yet not keeping his commands, he says you, you are a liar and the truth is not in that person. How many people are still deceived sitting here? Thinking that the truth is in you, but in reality it's not based upon your disobedience to God Almighty. Oh, I'm a Christian, man, but I don't have to obey God. Oh, I'm a Christian claiming to be like Jesus, but I don't have to be like Jesus. You're a liar and the truth's not in you, according to this Bible, the Bible that we are following. So when we claim to know God, there's two claims that are made here in these verses. One is a claim to know God, and two, it's a claim to live in him, Jesus. One, when we claim to know God, it will be evident that we know him by how we keep. That word keep, the reason why he used that word keep, because that word keep means something to cherish, to bear in mind, observe, to practice. Hear the word, bear in mind, to practice, to observe, always thinking about it, always looking over the commands of God. And so, therefore, when you're practicing something, just like when you're practicing the baseball, do you ever strike out? Think about it. You strike out, right? Like, man, dude, I, I hit a foul ball. I hit a, a, a pop-up, and they caught it. I was out, right? So that means that, yes, you are going to eventually slip up and fall into sin and break the commands. But because you're practicing them, because you're observing them, because you love Jesus, you will get back up, confess your sins, and continue to practice to live for Jesus Christ. That is a real believer. That is a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And obedience, the next one is obedience is the reaction of real love for God. And obedience shows that we are made complete in that love. Verse 5, it confirms that we are growing in God and are true believers. See, through this whole thing, chapter 1, we talked about what, how we need to look at Jesus and how we need to look at and be in fellowship with Jesus. But chapter 2, flip his, he flips the page in chapter 2. And in this one, he begins to ask you to look at yourself. How do you look? How do you look? And see, I have, a, I have a mirror right here, right? As you guys can see, this mirror's a nice mirror. I stole it from my wife. I'll repent later on. But the whole thing is, right, is that we need to look in the mirror. You see, we're too busy looking at somebody else, somebody that is either equal to us or beneath us within our own thoughts. And so, therefore, we really don't want to look at the mirror and look at ourselves. We'd rather look at our neighbors and say, well, I'm... I know I'm better than this, this goofy-looking dude next to me. I know I'm better than this dude. Right? This dude just came to church today. We don't even know him. He's like a visitor. Like, I'm better than him. I got to be better than him. And then we puff ourselves up like, I'm doing so good. And then, Or you look at, you look at Kayla or something like that, or, or, or one of the girls, you're like, I know I'm better than Kayla. She was sick last week. She sang, but I don't care. That's an excuse. I'm better than her. I can sing better than her. I, I got this. And the thing is, like, okay, you're looking just at another person. But the question is, and what John is posing up, is that now it's time to look at yourself. See, when you look at yourself, the question is, who do you see in that mirror? Who is that person? See, according to the Word of God, right, the Word of God says in James chapter 1, I'm going to put the mirror this way so y'all can see yourselves. Some of y'all can see it like, man, what's going on? Yeah, I'm fleek. I, bam, I got this. James 1, 23 says this. 
Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. You see, the thing is, the mirror is actually the word of God. And the thing is, a lot of us is afraid to look in the mirror of the word of God. Because we're afraid that when we actually look into the mirror, we're not going to see a reflection of Jesus Christ inside of us. And so because we're not going to see a reflection of Jesus, of Jesus inside of us, the truth and the reality hits us, then maybe I'm really not in Jesus. And see, the question is, are you growing in Jesus? Because it's not a question of perfection. We're already made perfect in our nature through Jesus Christ. We're already made holy. But the question is, are you growing in Jesus Christ? And the only way to do that, the only way to grow in Jesus Christ, we have to look at the mirror at ourselves. Because this mirror represents the Word of God. So when you look in the mirror, you're looking at the Word of God. And in return, real recognize real. So when you're looking at realness, realness is going to look right back at you. And the realness is going to tell you, the Word of God is going to tell you, if you look like me or you don't. You either look like you're a part of me and inside of me and can claim that you know me, or you're somebody who is an enemy, who doesn't know me, who is a liar, and the truth's not in you. That's what the mirror does. But see, a lot of us is afraid to look in the mirror because we're afraid to grow. We're afraid to actually allow God to have his way in our life. Because one thing the mirror does do, it exposes you as a sinner. It exposes you. It shows you, oh man, you're dealing with pornography. You need to repent because that reflection doesn't reflect me as the son of God. It doesn't reflect me, Jesus, the word of God. It doesn't reflect the one who represents the actual mirror itself. It represents, it shows you your sin. It's a double-edged sword. It'll show you yourself. And many of us are afraid to look in the mirror because you're afraid to deal with the fact, the reality, the truth that I'm not really looking like Jesus today. That this week I have not been portraying Jesus Christ. I've been portraying myself. And so the reality is we need to look in the mirror just like as John is calling us and telling us if you, if you want to know if you're in him, if you want to know you obey his word and claim to live inside of him and know him, look into the mirror who is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ will be the one to tell you, you need to work on this, you need to work on that. One thing about this mirror, Jesus Christ, this is not Jesus Christ literally, right? But the mirror represents the word of God. Is that when Jesus Christ looks back at you, he's able, when you allow yourself to real recognize real type stuff, and you recognize the one you're looking at in the mirror is Jesus Christ, and he is real. In return, he recognizes if you're real or not. And the thing is, he doesn't just kick you to the side and say, well, to hell with you type stuff. No. What he does is, I'm real. And when I look at you, I don't recognize realness. But what I can do is put my finger on those very things that do not represent me. And if you allow me to and you confess that, I can remove those things from your life. So that when I look at you, real can recognize real. And I know that you belong to me. That you are part of my body. That you are part of this kingdom called heaven. And so moving on from there, we get our next true or false and this is where it says, when we claim to live in him, we will, we will live our lives the way Jesus has lived his life. Therefore, if you claim to have accepted Jesus as God and Savior, it's a moral obligation. A moral obligation. The way you live your life, it's a moral obligation to be and live like Jesus. 
That is the response we have. That is what love does. Love responds in obedience to God. Do you love Jesus tonight? True or false? We come up to the first true or false, and it says this. True or false? I can claim to know and live in Jesus, yet show no signs of obedience in a life lived after Jesus in constant growth and bearing fruit. True or false? All right, who said true? All right, we're going to get you guys later on. Right? No, it's false. If, you, if we claim to know and live in Jesus, there must be evidence of such through our obedience and living like Jesus. That is the evidence. When somebody looks at you, they will see Jesus because they see how you obey Jesus. And that inside your high schools or your grammar schools, inside that classroom where all the homies are sitting there and all chilling, talking about weed and how we're going to have sex with old girl and how I did this, that, and the other. It is in those times where you be a real believer. In 1 John 2, 7 and 8, and we can move on. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Check this out. Its truth is seen in him and in who? And in you. Its truth is seen in him, Jesus, and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. The truth of how we ought to conduct ourselves is in loving others as Christ loves us. That is the truth. How we ought to conduct ourselves is in loving others as Christ loves us. We heard that in our sermon of, of love, John 13, 34. This is the commandment Jesus gave. This truth is seen in Christ and should be evident in us who claim to be in the light. The darkness that is passing away is our moral blindness. That is cleared away by the revelation of God in Christ who is already shining as we continue to get to know God through fellowship with him and other believers. Jesus' life is the light that exposes the moral darkness we have in our lives that should lead us to live out the truth that all can see. And the question is for all of us here, can people see the truth that is in Christ by seeing that same truth in and lived out through you? You see, the reality of this thing, it says that the truth is seen in Jesus and in you. And the question is, now in this sense, he takes us to another step, and he says, now you become the very mirror in which outsiders and other believers will look at you and either see Jesus or see somebody that looks like them. And therefore never repent, therefore never even, never, never even see a need to even have Jesus, a Savior. But when you have this mirror, the mirror that looks in your life who is Jesus Christ, and you become that very mirror. The word is now inside of you. Jesus is now your savior. He has saved your life. You confess your sins. He has cleansed you. You have repented. And now that mirror walks around everywhere you go so that the way you talk, the way you act, the way you look, the way you, you conduct yourself, your morality, period, the way you live your life morally, will be seen through that mirror so that when believers, immature Christians, any other kind of Christian, people from the outside world, when they look at you, they're going to be looking at a mirror. And the question is, who are they going to see? When you look in this mirror, do you see Jesus Christ? Right? The person that you look at in this mirror, does it reflect Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one we claim to know, the one we claim to be in? 
Because if it does, these other individuals, when they look at you, they will know they need a savior. They will know they need forgiveness. They will know that the way they're living their life is contrary to what God states in his word because the word is now in us. And so now we become the very mirror in this world so that when other people look at us, they see Jesus Christ. And when they see Jesus Christ, they will know, hey, hey, Terion, dude, I don't know what it is, man, but the way you live your life, it just does something to me, man. What, are you, what is different about you? And then Terion can say, man, the only thing that's different about me is that Jesus Christ lives inside of me. He's my Savior. And he's like, dude, I see that, man. I can see it. Now it makes sense, man. I need Jesus too. What do I got to do? do I, how, how do I do this? And Terion is able to show him the mirror and say, dude, you confess your sins unto the Lord. Why don't you come to elevate with me? Why don't you hear the word? And this mirror will do that. It will do it for immature Christians. It will do it for other believers. It will begin to draw people near the Savior who is Jesus Christ. But the question is, what do people see when they look at you? Do they see truth or do they see false? Do they see themselves when they look at you and therefore have no need to, to have a Savior in their life? Do they look at you and be like, man, TJ looks just like me. The only difference between me and him is that he calls himself a Christian. But other than that, when I look at his life, the dude talk like me, walk like me, act like me, smoke weed just like me. No need to believe in his Jesus he's talking about. But mind you, if you change that and you allow Jesus Christ into your inner being, into your heart, all oh, the lives that God will save in and through you. And moving on, verse 9 through 11 says this. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. And this darkness is moral blindness. It's your sin, the very sin in which you cherish and so what happens here, what John is talking about, again, he's going against false teachers. Because these false teachers are the very ones that are coming against Christians and causing them to doubt their faith now. Causing them to doubt the way they ought to live their life. And they're starting to claim this thing, saying that, man, you know what? Yeah, man, I'm this, I'm that, but you don't got to live like that. So they became a hindrance to other believers. This word hate is not a hate in the sense of an emotional thing or the same kind of hate that Jesus talks about that equates to murder. It's not that kind of hate. The hate that he's talking about is going against God's purpose and plan for other believers, including your own life, and yet you go against it. And not only go against it, but you even cause other believers to sin as well. A worse thing. The Bible says it is the same as tying your, a rope around your neck, throwing yourself in the ocean. He said it's like committing suicide. When you lead one of these little ones astray, he said, Jesus said that. When you claim to be something that you're not, when you claim to be a Christian and yet you know what you're doing is wrong, but you said, oh, I'll fix this when I'm 21. Don't even worry about it. I got this. And God is like, no. Because right now, as you're living in your sin and you continue to hate your brother, you're leading them to sin with you. Because when Tarion looks at my brother right here, Abel, and he says, well, Abel can do this, uh, I can do it too. Abel's my guy. I got this. Abel curses, uh, I can curse a little bit. I just won't say the F word. But you, you, you cross me, and I'll say it, and I'll punch you, or whatever, right? So, but this is the thing. So he looks at Abel, looks at, at Jay, and he thinks, hey, I can do the same thing. Or let's just say one of your friends come to church, and they see him, 
dude, you're a Christian? Man, that's awesome. Dude, shake your hand, gives you a hug. Dude, I didn't even know. We got science class together. All straight up, yeah. Yeah, I see you in science class. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't know you were a Christian. Yeah, I'm a Christian, dude. Oh, man. Okay, I guess. Well, I'm cool too then. What's up, you know? And the thing is, all the while, you're sending this Christian off, your brother in Christ. And the Bible calls that hate. Hating your brother. Hating your sister. Because you refuse to obey God and follow after his life and his commands. So you hate one another. And you lead them astray. It says the darkness represents more blindness, whether it be blind knowingly or unknowingly. Knowingly or unknowingly. Does it make a difference? Because it's our responsibility to look in the mirror of Jesus Christ and always examine and discern your own life. Not looking at the person next to you, but looking in the mirror at yourself. Do I represent Jesus Christ? Do I look like my Savior? And God, if I don't, help me to look like you then. Because that is real, recognizing real. It's not saying, man, I see myself, I'm jacked up, but hey, I'm good. I'm going to stay jacked up. I'm cool. What am No. It's looking at yourself, real, recognizing real, and you being real with yourself and saying, I don't look like Jesus. I'm falling behind. I deal with this. The word of God, Jesus is telling me, I'm sinning here. I'm cursing here. I'm acting like this. I'm in anger. I'm in, uh, I am hate people. All these other things. And Jesus is putting his finger on them. And what we say is, no, I don't want to look at that mirror. I don't want that. I just want to do me. I'll give my life fully to Jesus when I'm 35 or when I'm 40 or when I'm old. Who said you're going to make it that long? Who lied to you and told you that? Who said that? Who said you're going to make it till you're 18? Who said you're going to make it to freshman year, Abel? Who said that? Did God say that? No. No. The reality is, you can die tonight. And the question is, the real question is, when you get to heaven, it's going to depend who you see in the mirror. Is Jesus in you or not? Do I look like him? Sweating a little bit, but it's all right. But is Jesus in me? God, are you in me? Are you there? And if you're not God, can you be? Can you be my savior? And see, that's what we're talking about tonight, man. And so the thing is, when we claim to be in the light and constant fellowship with Christ, yet work against hate, because that's what the hating is in this, in this version, this word is working against Jesus Christ and your brother or sister in Christ, knowing that they're trying to go to church and go to elevate and do right, but yet you continue to show them wrong. You continue to show them sin. It says, and brother and sister in Christ and leading them the wrong way or in sin by our moral neglect or blindness due to sin, our actions prove that we are still in darkness. Hate in the sense of self-centeredness and knowing what you are doing is wrong. Most of us in here, when you're sitting at high school or in your classroom or grammar school, you know what you're doing is wrong because you hear it every Friday. You know it. There's a conviction in your heart, and you know, I should not say this word. I should not be having sex. I should not be smoking drugs. I should not be treating my parents like this. I shouldn't be doing this. You know this, but yet you still say, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to still do it. So it's hate in the sense of self-centeredness and knowing what you are doing is wrong and it goes against Christ and the light you ought to be walking in. 
yet you continue to sin and even affect others who are trying to live for Christ by your hatred of others shown by your leading them astray by your bad example. And this is what happens. The way you talk, the way you conversate, the way you use foul language, your sinful behavior, and your lifestyle, and acts that look for ways to sin. You're looking for ways to sin. How can I sin more? How can I go ahead and prove to my guys that I'm one of them? How can I sin again to prove myself that I belong to this world? Do you know that if you belong to this world, you make yourself an enemy of God? That's what we're going to talk about next week. Beware. And so you are against the ways of Christ and therefore for the ways of darkness, immoral, and sinful lifestyle. This shows two failings. Our lack of love and sincerity to Christ and our lack of love toward others as a reflection of our lack of being in the light and in fellowship with Christ. That's what it shows. It is for this reason we continue to walk in darkness and do not know where we are going because sin has blinded you. It leads us to our last, true or false. I can claim to be in the light and still hate my brother or sister in Christ by hurting the cause of Christ or leading others to sin, true or false. It's false. If we are in the light, we would walk, we will work to help the cause of Christ in the lives of others and other believers and lead them away from sin by the way we live our lives in Christ. And that's why we need the mirror. We need the word of God to show us who we are so that we know what we need to do in order to be more like Jesus Christ. If we could all stand up. And in this last part, Real, recognize real, if I can get um, uh, Stephanie up here. Real, recognize real. And it recognizes it by the growth we exhibit and display in Christ to the world. See, this whole chapter is about growth. It's about looking at yourself in the mirror of the word of God and saying, God, help me. God, I need you. God, I'm dealing with this. I don't look like you, but I want to, God. Help me. And see, some of us, right, some of us in here, we say, no, God, I'm not ready yet. No, God, I'm not ready yet. I'll do it when I get older. I'll do it later on. How many know what I'm talking about? You get that temptation in your head. And you're like, I'm not ready yet. I'm just, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. When I get older, I'll do it, but I'm not ready right now. I'm going to tell you guys something. Satan is a professional. He is a master at making sure you never get ready. He is a master at keeping you in that same position of not being ready. In that same position that says, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. He is a master at this. And let me tell you something. He is good at his job. He is good at his job. He lies and deceives. He is the best at his job. The Bible says he is the father of lies. And we know all of us that lied, right? Imagine this. He is the father of lies. He is where lies come from. You talk about somebody being a compulsive liar. This man is the father of lies according to the word of God. He is the father of it. Do you not think he's good at what he does? He will lie to you until you go straight to hell and say, you'll never be ready. I'm just not ready right now. I'm just not ready right now. But see, you need to look in the mirror and recognize, God, I don't feel like I'm ready right now, but Lord, I know I need you. And by your help, I can be ready. By your help, God, I can be ready, God. Help me to get ready, God. Help me. And this is what the Word of God says. It gives you an examination. I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. 
I am writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you dear children because you know the father. I write to you fathers because you know who him is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. I have some questions up here. They're going to be in the top. It says, have you accepted Christ as your Savior and his forgiveness for your sins? That's what he's talking about when he's talking about the deal of children. It's still children that have came to Jesus Christ and they have confessed their sins and they received his forgiveness on account of his name. Are you living in Christ through constant fellowship with him that you know him and obey his commands? Are you doing that? Are you the father of a mature Christian? who is able to be an example and a mirror to other Christians? Have you overcome the evil one by allowing the light of Christ to shine in you and through you as you grow in Christ? Have you did that? Are you there? Where are you at in your growth with Jesus Christ? Do you want to get to know Jesus and grow in him by learning of and from him? Do you have a desire to grow in God? Or you just want to continue to be a fake false flagging Christian. And the last one, are you growing in Christ, leading others to Christ, and the light of his life shines in and through you? Is that you? Where are you at? In this growth of maturity. And lastly, if you are not strong, and the word of God does not live in you, and you are struggling to overcome the evil one, then start at number one and grow from there. Go back to number one and say, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. Will you be the child who will come up here with childlike faith? The Bible says nobody will see the kingdom of heaven unless they become as a child. Will you become as a child and say, God, I'm starting at the beginning, God. Yes, I was at a certain point, God, but I fell away. I, I believe the lies of the devil and, and say I'm not ready and, and God, I'll do it later on. But Lord, I know I need you right now. And I'm here, God, as a child asking, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins and save me in the count of your name. Which one would you be tonight? Which one would you be? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would have your way, God. And I ask, Lord God, that every heart in this place will look into the mirror of your word, God. No longer look into somebody else. No longer look into the parents, look to the teacher, God, or whoever. But God, looking at the mirror of your word and asking the question, do I look like Jesus? Do I live like Jesus? Do I talk like Jesus? When other people see me, do they see Jesus Christ or do they see somebody that looks just like them? who doesn't even believe in Jesus. Which one are you? If that's you, I want to ask you, I want to plead with you, come up here now. Be that little child that comes here and says, God, forgive me, help me, help me. Because you will never be ready. Today's a day for salvation. When you say things like, I'm not ready yet, but when I get ready, when I get ready, all you're saying is, I will do it on my own, God. I would do it on my own effort. That's what I'm ready means. I would do it on my own effort. No. You got to recognize that. I'll never be ready. But God, I know. I know I need you, God. I know I need forgiveness of my sins. I need a Savior, God. And you are him. His name is Jesus. 
will you come up here and will you give your life to Jesus? Will you ask him to help you to grow, to become a mature Christian, one who is able to overcome the evil one and the lies of the devil? That is the prayer today. Father, I pray, Lord, have your way. Start with me, God. I pray, Lord God, that you would keep me and be with me, God. And that, Lord, you would continue to help me to overcome the evil one, God. I pray that when others see me, God, they will see you, Jesus. And I ask for forgiveness, God, if I have given anybody an image of this world and not an image of Jesus Christ, my Savior. God, forgive me, God. Have mercy on me. Wash me of my sins. Receive me, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I pray, God, I pray, God, I put my life on your altar, God. And I ask, Lord, to be my Savior, God. To be the Lord of my heart, the Lord of my life, the Lord of my thoughts, the Lord of my language, the Lord of my tongue, the Lord of my emotions, the Lord of my feet, the Lord of my hands, the Lord of my ears, the Lord of my eyes, the Lord of my conversations, Jesus. Forgive me for every idle word I have spoken, Lord God. Every sin that I have done against you, God, in the name of Jesus. Cleanse me, God. And I come to you humbly at your feet, God. After looking into the mirror, God, that, Lord, people will see you in me and will see their need of a Savior as well, God. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, God. I pray that you would touch every heart in this place and that you would save lives, God. That we would not have any false flaggers here, God, deceiving themselves, knowing, according to your Bible, that they're a liar and the truth's not in them. If they're not obeying you and loving you, the way you have loved us. I pray that they will make it right tonight, God, right now. For today is the day for salvation. God, have your way. Be exalted, God, in the name of Jesus. And I just want to invite you guys. We got about two minutes left. I want to invite you guys to come up here, get some prayer. Deal with yourself in the presence of God Almighty. If you need to ask God for forgiveness, confess your sins right here, right now. And say, Father, forgive me.